Hello and welcome to the 20th episode of the Fanville Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. I'm joined by our co-host and producer, Evan, and our other co-host, Dakota. How are we doing today, guys? <laughs> I'm feeling great. I'm so excited that the Winnipeg Bud Light Seltzers beat the Edmonton Oilers because we at least get to see that man for another two games. How about you, Dakota? I've been enjoying this hockey as much as that beer can. He's got to, what a lucky-ass dude to see those two games. What crazy games that man's got to see. Yeah, he had to see some pretty, pretty entertaining games. I'm doing fun as well. Thanks for asking, guys. <laughs> but uh, this, I do want the audience to know, this is the last episode where it's all three of us together. Next week, Dakota has family stuff to do with vacation, so he's got that to do. And then after that week, I have summer semester starting up, and I have morning classes Tuesdays, so I won't be able to make it. So this is the last one with the OG crew until next time, whenever that is. I don't know when. <laughs> so a little bit of a finale here. And some pretty entertaining shit happened this past week. <laughs> I'm feeling lit. Just as lit as this Bud Light can. <laughs> so before we get into that, let's go look at some NHL news. NHL regular season is officially done. All 31 teams having played 56 games. Kind of surprising that Vancouver finished their entire season. The 31 teams announced their 2021 uh, King Clancy Memorial Trophy nominees. They, so every team has a player to pick. So we'll have to wait till the player awards to see who actually wins. Edmonton Oilers forward Connor McDavid won the Art Ross Trophy. He finished the season with a 105 points in 56 games. And McDavid has now won three Art Ross Trophies before the age of 25. Gordy Howe also accomplished his feat, so he had three Art Ross trophies before 25, and only one person had more, and that was Wayne Gretzky, and Gretzky had five. Toronto forward Austin Matthews won the Maurice Rocket Richard trophy. He had 41 goals in 56 games, and he's the first Toronto Maple Leaf to win this award. The results from the NHL Bracket Challenge presented by Olive show that the fans voted Colorado to win the Stanley Cup, 24.4% of the brackets. Second place was Vegas Golden Knights, 14.9% of the brackets. And third place was Toronto, 13.1%. That's a lot, just out of those three teams. The NHL released a statement resulting from the COVID-19 testing results from St. Louis and Vegas. The statement was basically just an overall thing of the test that St. Louis took in the morning before a game. And the tests that Vegas took before practice, like a morning skate, they were bad tests, and they all showed that most of the team was negative. But in fact, the team, well, I mean, opposite, most of the team was positive for COVID, but they were actually negative. So there was a big thing with that. A lot of people were upset, but they had it cleared up. They retested, and they all tested negative multiple times. So they got to end up, both teams ended up playing that night. So everything's good, but they had to make a statement on it because it was kind of a big mess up at the time. So they released that statement. Toronto forward John Tavares and Boston defenseman Kevin Miller were both sent to the hospital this week from on-ice injuries. Detroit head coach Jeff Blashill has signed a contract extension with the Red Wings, and Detroit assistant coach Dan Balsma has left the club. Seattle, fucking, I always want to say Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> The Seattle Kraken and the New York Rangers have interviewed Rick Tockett for the head coach role. Columbus Blue Jackets signed a general manager, Yarmo Kekalainen, to a two-year extension through 2024-25. 
And the Columbus Blue Jackets have rehired John Davidson as president of hockey operations. Davidson signed a five-year deal with the club. That Kekalainen signing for two years for Columbus, I think that's a big that's a big move for Columbus. I like him as a general manager. Like just all the little moves that he makes, I think are are. He it seems like he always wins like the small trades, and then I felt like he handled the Line and Dubois situation pretty well for what was kind of put on the table for him. But other than that, I mean, 24-25, this year we're going to see what he can do with a head coach here because they have to get one because Torts left. But, I mean, most of his work so far has been positive, and I think most of the fans are enjoying it. And interesting that they brought back John Davidson after he was let go by the Rangers, and he's been around the Blue Jackets organization before, so that'll be that he should fit in pretty seamlessly as well. The Los Angeles Kings vice president of hockey operations, Jeff Solomon, left the club and is reportedly set to join the Anaheim Ducks. So he's going from one California team to another, a rival. Vancouver announced they have agreed to terms on a multi-year contract extension with head coach Travis Green. Oh, Dakota, you made a face. How do you feel about that? I don't know. With the players that Vancouver has... And then you, the season they had, it was a very disappointing season. I don't see how you re-sign the head coach. I think, now they did lose some players, I'll admit that, before this season. But with the talent they do have, I feel like they should have at least made the playoffs. And I don't see how you re-sign your head coach after not a very good season like they just had. They made a pretty good push at the end. I mean, they had a lot of games in hand whenever they had that long break. And they did make it interesting. Whenever they were winning and Montreal didn't want to win. But if you compare it to some teams and how short of a leash head coaches have, and for them to not for them to re sign him and you look at some of the other coaches that have gotten fired, like say, for instance, Vegas went on that like kind of drought and Gallard Gallant got fired, which nobody really agreed with. And then you compare it to some of the other coaches. I just don't think he should have been re-signed. I mean, they probably could have found another quality head coach and maybe that gives the team a restart, but I don't think Travis Green should have been re-signed as their head coach. The Gerard Gallant, I think Vegas is just being aggressive. They wanted to be, like, just on the top sort of thing. So that's a good comparison, like how teams deal with head coaches. You know, they've done well with Pete DeBoer. I think I think that's more just Vegas trying to be on top of it. And Vancouver has obviously dealt with things a lot differently than Vegas. Vegas has done things a lot differently than what the rest of the NHL has done in terms of their individual teams. So, yeah, it is an interesting move, a multi-year contract extension. I think Green is okay as a coach, but I, I wouldn't do multi-year. I can understand both sides of it. Like, the team looks very different when Green coaches the team. And they did make playoffs last year. They had a good run. This offseason, they lost you know, a good chunk of you know them in Calgary decided they wanted to flip-flop teams almost. And so they had that. So just going into this season, like you played a long – you played into the playoffs a good amount last year. So you're going to be tired, and then half your team gets traded away. You already kind of knew this year was going to be rough. But like it does seem like the team is in a better forward moving, you know, motion when he's the head coach. Because in years past, like Vancouver really didn't look like a threat. 
even with all their good players. Now they're kind of a threat. They actually kind of caught up with them because the whole COVID thing. But, I mean, for a little bit, they were just kind of rolling. They were just kind of going with it. They're, it's not like they were, like, sitting around the 500 mark. I mean, they were they were really never in a playoff spot. But, I mean, like, before the podcast started, like, we kind of were talking. But, like, the North was kind of set, like, within the first couple of weeks. Like, none of the teams really moved in or out of the playoffs. Yeah, it was hard to recover for those those bottom three teams because there was a little just a little bit of separation between fourth and fifth spot. It was just hard to get back. Yeah, it was pretty set from the beginning. Not not like secure or anything. It was just like, okay, nothing's really changing. Maybe teams switch placement, but it's still that same top four. But Vancouver, it, it'll be interesting whenever divisions are back to normal. Whenever they're in divisions with like Anaheim, L.A., Arizona, Vegas, and they'll still have Calgary and Edmonton with them, so it'll be, and, and now the new Seattle Kraken team, so that'll be interesting, and that'll be their close city and rivals. That, that is their rival right now, or their new one. Yeah, that's like whenever Vegas came in, everyone was like, "Oh, Vegas versus Arizona," and then they began playing it was like oh well vegas and la is pretty good and then la kind of fell off after 2018 they made playoffs but then it's like okay vegas and san jose that's pretty good haven't really seen vegas arizona i mean it's just yeah they're both in the desert but vegas really hasn't or vegas has been there (laughs) since they've came in and like arizona just hasn't matched you know like their you know style so i kind of feel like it's hard to like, you know, like, rivalries kind of die and pop up and stuff like that, I guess, throughout the years. Mm-hmm. I could see that being a rivalry, like, in the future. But as of right now, like, they've just played San Jose so much that it just kind of seems that they're their problem. And then one of the things that started the uh, San Jose and Vegas kind of rivalry was the Reeves and Kane kind of um, beacon back at each yeah. other on uh, Twitter. back and forth at each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you had 2018 playoffs, you had 20, 2019 playoffs, 2020 and 2021. Sharks didn't make playoffs, but the regular season games between the two teams were pretty pretty intense. You can still still feel that, that fuel in the fire between the two, two teams. But anyway, let's, let's go on with the news. One little bit of news here. Montreal Canadiens announced they will begin hosting 2,500 fans for playoff games at Bell Center on starting May 28th, which the earliest that would be would be Game 6 against Toronto. So that's 11.7% capacity. Montreal would be the first Canadian-based team to have fans in the stands outside of the Winnipeg Bud Light Seltzer can. What a legend. He's lit, though. <laughs> I love them. The NHL has officially released the 2021 draft lottery odds. At number one is, guess who it is? The Buffalo Sabres, 16.6%. But, man, there's a whole lot of 83.4% saying new. (laughs) Wait, you you know, like, for being the worst team in the league, we for sure talk about them. Like, they... They're the worst team in the league. Yeah. (laughs) They were the worst team. They're, like, historically bad. Because of that long losing streak, mm-hmm. and and now their long playoff appearance drought, one of the longest in NHL history, 
it just gets bad. It just gets worse and worse for Buffalo. <laughs> like we, there's and, really nothing positive we said about Buffalo this year. And now Jack Eichel looks like he's going out. <laughs> he doesn't look like he had a. We didn't really go into detail. I mean, we talked about it a little bit when this came out, but yeah, he had that interview with Buffalo media after the season ended, and he pretty much said without saying. It's like, tell me you want out of Buffalo without telling me you want out of Buffalo, and he he went that way. (laughs) Well, one of the reasons he wants out is the whole, he wants to have surgery. I forget what, I think it's on his back. His neck. It's his neck. He wants to have surgery, and the team's like, no, we don't want you to have surgery. And he's basically saying, you're not going to tell me what to do with my own body, what's better for my health. So kind of a horrible move by Buffalo to tell him, no, you can't get the surgery. I just don't understand that at all. You'd think you'd want to look out for your player's best interest in his health and prolonging his career, but clearly Buffalo just makes absolute zero sense that they don't care about it. Buffalo defended their choice in that, saying, like, well, he's a young player, and he is a young player, and that type of surgery, you know... They said that, that that type of surgery hasn't been done on such a young player before, even though it, it has. I don't know why they said that, but... It wasn't. They the state they hasn't been done on a hockey player. Yeah. They, they, they were just... They don't know. They don't... Basically, what they, don't, they don't know if he can take... If the surgery goes, like, half-assed, like, will he be able to, like, take a hit? Or will it, like, you know, cause something else to happen? They went with the conservative route, saying, like, well... It can it can heal itself. It'll just take longer. But uh, Eichel, he wanted he he personally wanted, you know, a second opinion. He he went out to get a second opinion. And he's like, well, I want surgery, and he ultimately couldn't do it because he told the media, well, the organization holds a lot more cards than I do about myself. Pretty much, I, I paraphrased pretty hard right there, but that's basically what he said. Like. Oh, they do more decisions about me than I do. Yeah, there's a contract. Yeah, yeah, it's a contract, but it's it's still, yeah. He signed it, but uh, it is still a kind of a iffy, ishy, icky situation. It's not going to kill them if he did get the surgery and he can't plan it. It's not like they're going to win next year. Never know. They could go all in. Yeah, it's not like they're going to win next year. You know, that's a young player, and I get, you know, the surgery hasn't been done on a hockey player, but ultimately I think it should just be up to him and what he wants to do with his own body. Buffalo is not a destination spot for anyone. No one wants to go there. There's an there's an interesting little interview, like a little documentary on YouTube. I think it was by Sportsnet, and they pretty much interviewed Patrick Berglund, he played for the St. Louis Blues pretty much his whole career. And he got traded to Buffalo, part of the O'Reilly deal. And he told, he was basically explaining to the the interviewers that he told his agent, like, hey, I, there are teams that I don't want to go to. Like, I can, I can leave St. Louis, but don't put me, don't get me into these teams. One of those teams was Buffalo. And I guess his agent just didn't like sub I guess his agent just didn't submit the the teams or whatever. He doesn't know like what happened. But yeah, Berglund, he went to Buffalo. He played a couple games, but he just 
left. There was a whole thing whenever that happened, like a bunch of drama. Like it's like, oh, Berglund just wasted that whole contract because he he just went home. He just flew home. He just went home. He's like, I'm I'm not doing this. So Buffalo is not a a bright spot in the hockey world. And Ryan O'Reilly, he won the 2019 Stanley Cup and Conn Smythe with the Blues. And he went on to say, while in Buffalo, I lost love for the game. He he got it back after he left. So, and then someone just left Buffalo just well, now. Well, just be, wait, just, just being like a player, like being like, okay, so like the if we're talking about the Berglund O'Reilly trade, well, there's more to it. But, like, just being a – if you listen to the other guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I hate it here. I don't want to be here. You know, I lost the love for the game." And then you're go- you're being sent there. It's like, "Oh, yay for me! I'm so happy." And Berglund, I don't want to get into his personal life, but he already had like depression problems. It's like, well, you know, it's not really probably going to help him go into a place that no one else likes. So you kind of see that happening. And Buffalo was okay with it once it happened because I feel like they know it's it's pretty it's a dumpster fire. <laughs> happening in buffalo i'm sorry buffalo I, I wish the best for you but it's not good right now anyway you have the best odds for the draft lottery so you're winning in that <laughs> they probably won't even get it no they won't well they're guaranteed third though of how the new setups work second so. place on that list is anaheim 12.1 percent Seattle is third, 10.3, along with the New Jersey. They're also 10.3, but, you know, Seattle over New Jersey. If Anaheim gets that first pick, they already have a lot of players that are young and they have a young core, and they have, their defensemen are kind of a little bit on the older side, but they're veterans and can play pretty good. And they have a few young defensemen also, but if they get that first-round pick, man, I feel like Anaheim is... They weren't even that bad this season. They were in a lot of games. And they get that first pick. That could help them a lot in their future. I feel like Buffalo is going to win this draft lottery. But, it's, of course, it's going to be this year where the the players in the lottery aren't really too Well, the first overall known. is pretty set. Like that's It's going to be powers. But then like every like probably out of the side of the top five, it's just kind of a shit show. The only other one I know, uh, there's a huge brother, right? Defense. Is yeah. Another but he's player? not going to be drafted that high. Like, he's not yeah. going to be. He's not. He's not a Jack or Quinn. He's good. Like, don't get me wrong. I heard he's a defensive defenseman. Yeah, he's yeah, he's very defensive minded. But like, he's not going to be that high up because he's a you know defensive minded. I don't know. Zach but, Bogosian got third overall. Yeah, but he's also had a long career though. Barry Jackman won the Calder being a defensive defenseman. Yeah. Yeah, Barry Jackman did win the call there. <laughs> he beat Rick Nash and Henrik Zetterberg. I, I was looking at the Calder winners lately. I was like, Barrett fucking Jackman? <laughs> Who did he beat? Rick Nash and Henrik Zetterberg. I was like, fuck off. <laughs> They're all good players, though. The other two, yeah. <laughs> Jackman had a good career. He had a very good rookie year. I think he had a good full he, he, His rookie year. Oh, we're not be- talking Hall of Fame, but like. His rookie year was before the lockout. He definitely matched that style. Pre-lockout was like a lot of intense yeah. physical hockey. Post-lockout was fast. That, that, that suited more Sutter or Sutter. That suited more Nash and Zetterberg. Anyway, sorry, sidetracked. <laughs> if any player plays 
as long as Jackman did. That's a you know that's a good pick and that's a quality player to play that long. If anybody plays long, that's just like I say. If anybody plays a thousand games, even if they're a third line center or fourth line center, it's still a good player. Even if they're taken high and they're still playing third line or fourth line, to give you longevity. a thousand games. They have they have longevity. Yeah, that's longevity, and it's more than what a lot of players last. It's a select few amount of players that have had a thousand or more games played. I mean, granted, if you count them, it's going to be a lot that you feel like, but compared to the rest of NHL players, it's few. Anyway, uh, so I'm not going to say the percentages anymore because I'll just get redundant, but I'll just go through the whole list. So 7 through 16, or sorry, 5 through 16, 7. So yeah, New Jersey... Seattle and New Jersey were third and fourth at 10.3%. After that, fifth place, fifth spot is Columbus. Six is Detroit. Seven, San Jose. Eight, Los Angeles. Nine, Vancouver. Ten, Ottawa. Eleven, Arizona. They forfeited They forfeited due to the cheating scandal they had with the draft combine where they fucking idiots. Arizona's a mess, too. I'm not talking about them. Fuck off. <laughs> 12th is Chicago, 13th is Calgary, 14th Philadelphia, 15th Dallas, and 16th is the New York Rangers. Now, I know Arizona forfeited due to their cheating scandal, and they only have a 3.1% chance. But say they did, by some random chance, win it. If they win it, they redo the lottery. You can oh, only, so they just re... You can only move up three. Oh, you can only move up three. Yeah, the best they could get would be, like, ninth. And then they're just they're like in the NHL record book. It would say round one, pick nine or whatever they pick. No one was drafted. They just did not draft anybody. All all it does is basically just shift down everyone else one, which doesn't matter. So yeah, those are that's the news of the week. <laughs> Some hockey history to look back on from like I kind of like an on this day from the past week in 1980, the Islanders. New York Islanders forward Bob Nystrom scores 7-11 and nice into overtime in a 5-4 victory against the Philadelphia Flyers at Nassau Coliseum in Game 6 of the Cup Final to earn the franchise's first Stanley Cup, and that was the first of four straight. In 1984, Edmonton defeated, yeah, the Edmonton Oilers defeated the Islanders 5-2 at Northlands Coliseum in Game 5 of the Cup Final to win their first championship and they began a dynasty of their own, resulting in four more cups over the next six years, so five total and seven. In 1989, the uh, Calgary Flames defeated the Montreal Canadiens in Game 6 at the Montreal Forum. They were the first and so far only team to beat Montreal on Montreal home ice, and it was a rematch of the 1986 Cup Final, and they only made that Cup Final because Edmonton had an own goal against themselves in the second round and Calgary would advance to the cup final but lose in 86 but they'd have their revenge in 89 and yeah they defeated Montreal in six in 2018 the Vegas Golden Knights won their fourth straight game against the Winnipeg Jets in a two-to-one victory in Winnipeg to become the first team in 50 years to reach the cup final in its inaugural season and the team to do it before that was the St. Louis Blues, and speaking of the Blues, in 2019, St. Louis advanced to the Cup Final after eliminating after eliminating 
San Jose in Game 6 of the conference final in a historic run after sitting last in the league and last in the overall league standings, second, January 2nd and 3rd in uh, 2019. So that was a great comeback by them. Some goalie milestones. We got some, though. One, Vegas Golden Ice goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury recorded his 16th career uh, playoff shutout, tying Curtis Joseph for third place all-time. I always felt bad for Joseph. Winning his, well, before Lundqvist, I think. Yeah, before, was it before Lundqvist? I don't know. Maybe it was before Luongo. I don't know, one of the two. What's the question? The statement. Is Curtis Joseph was like the winningest goaltender to never win the Stanley Cup? I think Luongo, regular season Luongo, yeah, beat him. But playoff-wise, I think Lundqvist or Luongo recently beat him. But still, I always felt bad for I'm Joseph. I'm sure ain't on the list. So it has to be Luongo. Yeah. Brodeur's first. Well, all-time wins. I'm talking about all-time wins by goalies with no cups. Uh-oh. It's like he had the most wins with no oh. no championships. Like, Flurry getting 16, that's a playoff. You could win. That's that's a, that's a Stanley Cup that's right now. That's a sweep, you know. To sweep four times, don't let in a goal the whole entire time. Well, if you do it consecutively. I yeah. mean, if you, if you win dope. those 16 games, just shut them out. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah, it's not that hard. <laughs> I mean, look, look, he just did it, and he just did it. Come on. <laughs> anyway, also some non-NHL news. One of the new ECHL franchises from Coralville, Iowa, released its club name and logos. It'll be called the Iowa Heartlanders. The team will play at Extreme Arena beginning in the 2021-2022 season. The building holds 5,100 fans or people. You don't have to be a fan, I guess. (laughs) The IIHF World's Tournament has started in Riga, Latvia, and the tournament will, will be played through June 6th. Speaking of Latvia, they beat Team Canada. Two to nothing. Two to nothing. And this is Team Canada we're talking about. And this is Team Latvia we're also talking about. <laughs> that was a, that was a shock. I, I just went on Instagram randomly and like it was just a score and the caption was how? I was like, what? I was like, is this like after one period? Like, no, this is the final score. It's like, oh my god. Canada's <laughs> O and three in the tournament as of right now. Yikes. They're having a rough time getting used to that Olympic sheet of ice. Latvia was like moving on them. It's yeah. like Jesus Christ. Like these are NHLers. So yeah, that that was the greatest game in Latvia hockey history. That two nothing win against Canada. That, that that that's their best. That's like their their golden goal sort of game. That's their miracle on ice sort of game. That that's Latvia's. You know what's kind of sad that. about that? What? Like all these other countries are like super into this world's tournament. And I have like it just feels like North American hockey fans are like, I really don't care about that right now. We got the playoffs going on, and everyone's like freaking out about Germany beating Canada and stuff like that. It's like, did you watch? No, nah, I was watching Edmonton and Winnipeg later that day. It's a good excuse of missing it. Also, they're super early in the morning for us. Yeah, it's in Latvia, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the NHL playoffs are pretty late for other places so speaking of late that winnipeg 
Edmonton game was late last night. God, I was like, I don't know if I can wake up this morning. <laughs> I was like, I just stayed, I, I stayed up watching the poker game afterwards, or the poker match. I was like, I got to go to bed because <laughs> I got to go to this podcast in the morning. Every every single time a game gets into like the third overtime, I'm like, this might be the longest game in NHL history. I have to stay up and watch it now because I want to say that. I watched I, it. Yeah, I watched it. <laughs> Because I don't want to go to bed and find out it went to like a fifth OT that's never happened before. It's like, damn, I, I missed it. I watched all six periods, but <laughs> the one that won it. Yeah, once you start watching that and you've already watched the first overtime and you're getting tired, it's kind of like Columbus. When I was watching that, I was like, I'm not going to stop watching it. I don't care. And you just know when it gets late like that that it's not going to be a good goal sometimes. But that I mean, one, that, that wasn't one, the case that last one was. night. That one was. Last but night that, was pretty good. Yeah, that Kyle Connor goal was an absolute snipe. E- even the Tampa Bay goal no. against Columbus? Nope. that sucked. <laughs> yeah. That was horrible. It, it wasn't like what you wanted, but it's, it's a lot better than what it could have been. It could have been a lot worse. I left that game. When I turned off that TV, I was like, damn, I stayed up for that. <laughs> it. That was my reaction to that goal. I was like, "Oh, good job!" Like, I was excited for Tampa. I was like, "But damn, the the I I was upset, but I was upset because the game ended. I was like, oh, I wanted to go on more. <laughs> like, oh shit, it's done. Like the <laughs> two <laughs> the two longest games of recent have had no fans. Yeah, that's the point. That's kind of depressing because I was thinking about that last time. I was like, man, if this turns into the longest game ever. No one would have seen it besides that Bud Light fucking well, seltzer can. Pittsburgh had a double overtime game last night, so or well, yesterday. No, but I'm saying like the, no, I'm saying if that would have reached the longest game like ever. Yeah, I, I like I no one know. would have seen it, or very limited would have seen it. Yeah, we'll get more into depth of that later on. Uh, COVID nineteen news: zero players are on the NHL COVID protocol list. Nice. There we go. Ni- there we go. All the Blues players were taken off because they got swept. <laughs> so, that's why. It didn't, dis- it didn't surprise anybody that they got swept. No. No. I think I think everything else going on in the hockey world has, like, distracted people from this. Like, yeah, the Blues still got swept. <laughs> people are like, well, yeah, but Edmonton got swept. It's like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit more shocking. Yeah, shocking, shocking. is, like, like mind-blowing. Having 105 points and then only getting like three, or I don't know, it was like, like four, you know, like five. four or five, yeah, five, which is pretty good. It's a point a game, yeah. <laughs> but like you expect more out of him though, because he showed you so much in the offs or in the in the regular season that at like now you're like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna catch fire and go off, and then there's no depth scoring, and Winnipeg just played a hard like suffocation game on him. God, we keep talking about these games and we're not we're not there yet. Like it's exciting. We're sorry. Yeah, we're we're fresh off this. This is like still on my mind. Notable injuries. Yeah, this is the biggest injury. I, I'll mention it last. Uh, actually. They're all pretty I, I'll, good. They're all pretty, They're pretty good. No, I mean like they're all like not normal injuries. <laughs> Fucking sadist. <laughs> they're all pretty good. Fucking masochist. No, but I mean like recently we've had like a broken finger. It's like, come on, like fucking play. Like Oh, wait. Wait until you watch the NBA playoffs. LeBron. Chara played with a broken jaw. LeBron? Oh, my God. He seen three rims and shot at the middle one, which was a fucking lie. I don't believe it. I'm not talking about that LeBron injury. Yeah, he got poked in the eye. He's like, I, I had to play through it. It's like, yeah, no shit. You better play through it. <laughs> You're going to pay a fuck ton. Go play. 
I'm going to talk about LeBron for a second because this fucking incident was stupid. It's the Lakers and the Suns. I know exactly what you're talking about. With Chris Paul? Oh, no, maybe I don't. Okay. Then don't interrupt me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, LeBron is going after a rebound, and he goes he goes for the ball, and he, like, jumps up to grab it. Chris Paul, like, touches his left arm. I mean, like, grazes it. He probably gets it. Basically like his... almost ripped it off his body. That's what it looked like from LeBron's reaction. LeBron flopped to the ground, is rolling and all that, and there's a, all the players are kind of like looking at him, like, "Oh, what happened?" And then they're like, some of the Lakers players are like, "Oh, one of them must have done it. One of the Suns players must have done that." So LeBron is at like, he's like in in the paint sort of thing on the court, and there's a scrum, the the Lakers players, yeah, a scrum in basketball. Scrums in basketball are like the dumbest thing. It's like a kindergarten preschool pushing match it's like hit him look, look hit up him. look up some scrums like back in like the 70s yeah those are it, good those were wild like the chairs being thrown it's like whoa calm down <laughs> it's okay but anyway uh there's a scrum in like the corner of the court and lebron he's already quote-unquote injured and he's like rolling around. He's like, oh, I can't get up. But he's he like looks over, and he sees that there's a scrum, like like just a, just a, big old get together between the two teams on the court, and like, like a bunch of officials and coaches are on the court as well. He gets up, goes to the scrum, and drops to the ground again, just so that everyone knows he's injured. It's like it's like oh, oh I'm injured. Wait. Oh, there's a, oh that that's that's everyone's probably looking at that. Hang on, let me get in the middle of that. Let me get up. Yeah, he let, noticed <laughs> he noticed that the attention wasn't on him, and he's like, "I'm gonna make it on me again," which is like the most selfish thing. That <laughs> was dumb. So, but that pales in comparison to these injuries. Boston defenseman Kevin Miller has a head injury, an actual head injury. He got hit up high by Orlov by or Dmitry Orlov of the Capitals got a concussion. It was it was a charging, pretty much. He left his feet. He hit him up high, got a concussion. Had to go to the hospital. Yeah, there was a lot going on there. No call on the play. Yeah, I'm no surprise. He didn't even get not even nothing. a not yeah, even nothing. a fine. Yeah, nothing. It was like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? The guy had to go to the fucking hospital. <laughs> well, I mean, this other one, a guy went to the hospital. And... Minnesota forward Marcus Johansson broke his arm on a fall. Fell Actually, right into the post. No, 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 no. He he. He braced himself. Yeah, he tried. He like tried to catch himself. His palm, wrist area hit first, and I guess like just his forearm just snapped. It's like, oh, just hit that's, it. that's <laughs> oh, this is too bad. That sucks. And the most notable injury, biggest one, of the year. probably out. Yeah, of the probably year. of the year. To be honest, maybe that bread, the Carlo hit from Wilson from behind. That was kind of a notable one. But this one, this one is just amplified because of playoffs, and it it was a scary, scary sight. Toronto forward John Tavares, he it's confirmed he has a knee injury, but that's I don't, what he's out for. But, but that got to be more happening. There. That's not the main injury. So he's confirmed knee injury. That's that's for sure taking him out a couple weeks. But he he took a collision with a Montreal player. 
and he fell. That's where he kind of had that potential knee injury. I think the knee injury happened afterwards, after what happened with Perry. So Corey Perry is, like, skating back. He's, like, back-checking. And Tavares gets hit, and he's falling to the ice, and Corey Perry is already, like, skating full speed, and he's like, oh, shit, he's falling in front of me, and Tavares is, like, parallel to the ice. Perry tries to jump over Tavares, and just his knee just connects right on to Tavares' face, just knocks him out cold for a second, and the trainers come on to the ice. The The impact made the visor cut Tavares' face open, and like he's he's like knocked out too. So it's like okay, he's got he's got a cut face, he's got a concussion because he's knocked. And the trainers are on the ice, and he's like trying to get up. Like Tavares is like okay, I'm back, I mean, and he's, he's trying to will his way up. He's try- yeah, he's trying to like just force himself up, but he like passes That's out. It's like the worst thing you can do when you have a concussion. <laughs> he get up right away. He like passes out, and like he's like he's like on his knees, like he's trying to like he's trying to get up, so he's like just on his knees right now but then like like his like he fucking, got he got dizzy his eyes like roll into the back of his head he just like his, just his falls buckled and he just he just falls back and his knees kind of fucking like you don't want to bend your knees like they're not bending the wrong way it's like they're just bending too much <laughs> and it's like that's probably where the knee injury came from because he's just passed out and his whole way is just dead pretty much it's just collapse he's just collapsing pretty much so they had to stretcher him on stretch him off the ice into the the hospital yeah it was a scary sight and there was first i know Corey perry was okay with the fight afterwards but yeah there was a fight afterwards because they're like toronto was like right oh away. don't yeah, you you can't just take out our captain like that. But it's like, man, that was such a freak accident. I don't I I know both players were on side with that. And I understand there there was a motivation of like there was a purpose. It's like, okay, that's just to get us back into playoff hockey mentality. Like, okay, there's a fight. Like, okay, just just distract us. But in terms of like code and fighting, like pick your fights, that was a bad one. I didn't like that. I didn't like that fight. But I, I understand from a player perspective, like, okay, trying to just distract yourself, like, okay, like, like just get back into that intense playoff mentality. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, so those are the injuries. Fuck off, LeBron. <laughs> yeah, LeBron didn't leave the game either. He, he, he continued playing. Yeah, with one arm the whole entire time. Chris Paul did leave the game, though, later on. He, he had a... Some fuck something with his shoulder. I think he like threw out his arm for a second and just freaked out. Anyway, uh, suspensions and fines. We had two suspensions. Uh, hang on, before I get onto that, let's do the fines first. Fines are a little less severe. Let's do the fines first. Carolina forward Jordan Stahl was fined five thousand dollars for a dangerous trip on Nashville forward Luke Cunning. Washington forward Anthony Mantha was fined five thousand dollars for goalie interference on Boston goaltender Tuka Rask. And Montreal defenseman Shea Weber was fined $5,000 for cross-checking Toronto forward Wayne Simmons. So, yeah, just the maximum fines handed out to some players. But we did get suspensions. Edmonton forward Josh Archibald, just recently, he was suspended one game for clipping Winnipeg defenseman Logan Stanley. That happened in Game 3 of the Winnipeg-Edmonton series. 
and Colorado forward Nazem Kadri has been suspended eight games. Eight. So the number eight after seven, before nine, eight games for an illegal check to the head on St. Louis defenseman Justin Falk. This was in game two of the Colorado St. Louis series. And after Colorado swept the Blues, Kadri has put in a file to appeal his eight-game suspension, which he might get a game or two off at most. But uh, it was a bad hit. It was a pretty... It was a high hit. It deserved a suspension. Eight games. An isolated incident. Eight games seems like a lot, but with Kadri's history, repeat offender, and he actually is within the time frame of repeat offender, unlike Tom Wilson, who is, who is innocent. No, he is, though. No, Tom Wilson's innocent. No, he got suspended seven games for Brandon Carlo for hitting him from behind. Like, that's what that's what I don't understand. Anyway. They use the repeat offender on Kadri, but they don't use the repeat offender on Wilson. Anyway, so Kadri's a repeat offender, so he gets the eight game. Yeah. And if you count up all the playoff games Kadri's been suspended, it's 16. Yeah, he could win a Stanley Cup. He hasn't been on... This is the second season he's been with Colorado. All his other playoff appearances were with Toronto, and Toronto's never made the second round. So already, he's been suspended 16 playoff games. And it's like, bro, you, you're not even like there that much. Like, you're not even in playoffs and he does a that lot much. And he just has... He, like every It's like every playoffs, he just has to get suspended sort of thing. It's like, Jesus, stop it. <laughs> Calm. And he's a good player. He's a good player. Yes, he is. But it's like... They might want to use you. Don't take yourself out. <laughs> so, yeah, those were, that was the news. Those are our news, our, our injuries, our milestones, our interesting hockey history stats, suspensions and fines. Now let's look back to round one. And half of the first round is... Almost half of the first round is over. Three series have already been finished. But let's go through each one of them. First off, let's do the one that began first and was the one that ended, ended second. Ended second. Was the Blues one ended first because the Blues had it, the four o'clock start time and Boston had like a six o'clock start yeah. time. It was the same day. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Okay, so the series that started first and was still on the first day of eliminations. Let's just say that. Well, they played five. Played five. The other two teams only played four. Four, if you're going to be technical. Yeah, like I said, they played four. Other two teams, you said. Yeah, other two teams played four. Four, if you want to be technical. Four, if you want to be technical. Yeah, the other two teams played four. Yeah, I know that Colorado and Winnipeg have also played four games, but they're going to play more. If you want to get technical. Well, obviously, I don't want to. I am. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> anyway, last time we talked, this series was tied 1-1. to Last time we saw, Washington won game 1, 3-2 in overtime, and Boston won game 2, 4-3 in overtime. So now let's look at the other three remaining games. Game 3, Boston won in double overtime, 3-2. to And Boston won game 4, 4-1. to So now they're up the series 3-1. to And guess what? They won game 5, 3-1. 
to win the series four to one. So Boston defeats the Washington Capitals. Zidane Ochara, former captain of the Bruins, loses to his former team. It's all kind of poetic. That may have been Chara's last game. Who knows? Because he probably is like, you know what? I don't feel tired. I'll play. <laughs> Just depends on who wants to play him now, really. And another series is still going on, and we're staying in the East Division. The Pittsburgh Penguins versus New York Islanders. Last time we talked, the Islanders led the series one nothing with a 4-3 overtime win in Game 1. Game two saw Pittsburgh take the game 2-1 to one in regulation. Game three, Pittsburgh won that game 5-4 in regulation. Game four, the Islanders came back, won 4-1 to one to tie the series at two apiece. And game five, a pivotal game five, the Islanders won in double overtime 3-2. to two, And Jari had a really nice assist. He Jari did a pretty bad turnover in double overtime. He just... He just threw the puck right up the middle and right onto Josh Bailey's stick. And the broadcasters were like, I don't know if he just didn't see Bailey or not, but that was awful. And, yeah, Bailey just like, oh, thank you. I'll put this in glove side. And, yeah, that was the game. Double overtime for that. And it was early. It was like 50 seconds in. It was like, jeez, that's disappointing. <laughs> in the West Division, Colorado versus St. Louis, last time we talked, Colorado led one nothing, and yeah, they didn't stop. So they won game one, four to one. Colorado won game two, six to three. Colorado won game three, five to one, and Colorado won game four, five to two. They swept the St. Louis Blues, and yeah, I and it's hard to tell from to take away from the series. It's like okay, clearly Colorado is stacked, but this Blues team was not that great. Blues team was mediocre at best. Also injured. Also injured. In COVID he, protocol list. The best player was out. Also. Yes. But even if they had everyone together, the Blues, it still was probably going to be a four or five game series. So it's, it's hard to tell if Colorado is just that stacked or St. Louis is just that meh or both. I think it's both because Colorado, I mean, yeah, they, they kind of, Blew them out in games two and three. Game four is five to two, but there were two empty netters. So there were two empty netters in game two too. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh like, yeah, like this that's right. This series was a lot closer than what it looks like, like on the score, because there were a lot of empty nets. There's another series that was a even closer, closer than this yeah. one. It just didn't. It just didn't go long. <laughs> just just the way it goes sometimes. It didn't happen that way. But uh, Colorado. Yeah, whoever wins this next series we're going to talk about better buckle up. And this next series we're going to talk about, still in the West Division, Vegas Golden Knights versus Minnesota Wild. Last time we talked, Minnesota led one nothing with a Oh yeah, they yeah, they led the series one nothing with a one nothing overtime win against Vegas. Game 2, Vegas won that game 3 to 1. Game 3, Vegas won 5 to 2. Game 4, Vegas shutouts Minnesota in that historic flurry game for nothing. So they're up the series three to one. They won three in a row. Game five, which happened last night, Minnesota won four to two, and they did not have that many shots. They had three goals in the first period and they did not have that many shots. Just so so Flurry has this spectacular game four. 
and kind of just drops the ball in game five. But the series is three to two, and it's for if you're a Vegas fan, I'd be worried. Three to one series leads are not great for Vegas. 2019 versus San Jose. They blew it, lost in seven. Game seven overtime. And that was a bad game seven for them, too. And 2020, they almost blew it to Vancouver. They were up 3 to 1. Vancouver forced game seven. So they were up 3 to 1 against Minnesota. Now it's 3 to 2. So it's like, uh oh, uh oh. And they're going back to Minnesota for game six. So. I'd be a little nervous. I'd be a little nervous if I was a Vegas fan. The only thing I would say is that if I was Vegas, I'd kind of feel confident because he won both games in St. Paul already. That is true. I think Flurry was due for a bad game. I think that was just his odd game that he didn't play that good. The other games he played absolutely terrific and stole Vegas a couple wins. So he was due for a bad game, and I don't have a question that they'll start him the next game. I I said before the series, I had a feeling that if Minnesota was going to have a chance to win this, it was going to be off of goaltending. And I've seen reports of like people saying, we should probably start Leonard. I wouldn't even dare start Leonard. No. As Fleury's already on a roll, like, oh my God, he had one bad game. whoop de do Like, just let him roll. Like, he's rolling. Just let him go. And speaking of that, where it's like, oh, we need to start our other goalie. We, we've seen that succeed before. Not much. We've seen it succeed 2017 Pittsburgh with Marc-Andre Fleury. Fleury lost one game to Ottawa. And then they just went with Murray. Matt Murray after that. I was always, I always just like scratch my head looking at that decision. I'm like, why did you, like Fleury played so well the first two rounds and played pretty good at the beginning of the Ottawa series and it's like why did why are you not playing him at all anymore it worked they won the Stanley Cup but it was like wow that could have been a bad decision I so because Floyd was just on fire but it worked out for the Pittsburgh Penguins if I was Vegas I would not start Leonard I'm sorry it's one of those rare things where if you you can have that dynamic duo and they are a dynamic duo Leonard and Flurry, but that's really risky just to start another guy midway through the series. Especially after he gave you three wins in the series and has been playing lights out. And the other guy hasn't played in like two weeks. And he doesn't have hair anymore. That has nothing to do with his playing ability, but... Balls. 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 My eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Him and Leonard and Petrangelo had a joke going into the playoffs. They're like, oh, if we won the Stanley Cup, you have to get like my, my face tattooed on your head. It's like, <laughs> do it. Do like do like a, just a Sharpie. Just have like an artist have like some markers and do like Petrangelo's face on Leonard's face. He said he's going to do it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, no, he's like, he's already have enough bad tattoos. Why not one more? He's like, when will I ever be bald again? <laughs> That'd be He's so, kind of funny. Be so weird. <laughs> Why not? Sure. Just Petrangelo's face. Like, oh, there's another face on this man's head. <laughs> anyway, out to the Central Division. So we've talked about the East. We've talked about the West. Now the Central. 
the Asheville Predators versus Carolina Hurricanes. Last time we talked, Carolina led one nothing in the series. They won game one, five to two, and then they went on to one win uh, game two, three nothing. And it's like, oh, Carolina's up the series two nothing. Carolina's kind of a wagon. They almost won the President's Trophy, but Nashville is like, you know what? We we're pretty entertaining at Bridgestone Arena. Nashville won Game Three in double overtime, five to four, and then Game Four also went to overtime, and Nashville won four to three. So now it's a two to two series. It's it's tied. Game Five is tonight for us Tuesday. For you listening, it happened last night. So I don't, we don't, we don't know right now while recording what happened in Game Five. But this is a series. It's entertaining. I love Southern hockey. The atmosphere in those arenas. The fans just go fucking ape shit. <laughs> I love it. Nashville Nashville was super entertaining in 2017 and 2018. I'm getting that sort of vibe right now with Nashville. It's like fans are just so hungry to be back in the arena. And now it's the playoffs. They're going, they were going bananas in those games. Yeah, the, In this series, the home team has not lost. And both cities have like quote-unquote not can pass it like full but it's basically fucking full and it's it's exciting to see and it's kind of sad that one of these teams has to go home because that means one of the fan bases isn't going to be there in the second round and it's like damn i want to see you know like i want to see like all like full packed houses and stuff like that but i hope winnipeg is able to increase their capacity from one bud like can to at least five Imagine the whole man. Instead of doing the Winnipeg whiteout, what if they did the Winnipeg Bud Light can costumes? That'd be so fucking funny. So, so that's a series two to two, game five, Tuesday night. So, check out the highlights while you're listening to this. I guess after you listen to this, finish this, finish it. God. <laughs> anyway, staying in the central, last central matchup: Tampa Bay Lightning versus Florida Panthers. Last time we talked, Tampa led. Won nothing in the series. They won game one, five to four. And uh, right now, it's kind of kind of the same thing going on. Game two, Tampa won three to one. Game three, Florida won six to five in overtime. Barn burner. Game four, Tampa Bay won six to two. So Tampa's leading the series three to one. Game five in Florida, Tampa could close it out. Not quite yet. Florida won the game four to one, so game six will be Wednesday night at uh, Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay. So the series is three to two. Tampa has a chance to eliminate Florida, but Florida showing some resistance against Tampa Bay. So interesting matchup Wednesday night. Dakota, what are you looking up? Is that is that a costume I'm seeing? Hmm? Is that a costume I'm seeing on your phone? <laughs> Yeah, I looked up the Bud Light Seltzer can costume, and it's at Walmart for thirty nine ninety nine. US wants it. U.S. dollars in my <laughs> shopping cart already. Yeah, we're gonna do some Winnipeg Jets watch parties, and we're gonna be Bud Light Seltzer cans. I guess if they get to the third round, we're for sure doing I'm it. For sure I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I, I've, I've never, I've never rode a bandwagon before for hockey. I just kind of just watch. Winnipeg, I'm kind of riding. I'm kind of riding. And we'll we'll get there. Because they're in the North Division, and the last division to cover is the North Division. 
and I'll hold on Winnipeg last because this is the most that's the most entertaining one so far. So before them, let's talk about Montreal Canadiens versus Toronto Maple Leafs. Last time we talked, the series had not started yet, and the teams last met in the playoffs in 1979 when Montreal swept Toronto en route to their fourth straight Stanley Cup. <laughs> Stupid as fuck. Game one went to Montreal 2-1, to one, and Montreal won their 10th consecutive playoff game versus Toronto. The last time Toronto had beat Montreal was in the 1967 Stanley Cup Final. And game two, Toronto made it to where the last time they beat Montreal in the playoffs was 2021. Toronto won 5-1 to one in, in a pretty convincing fashion. And then game three, Toronto also won 2-1. to one. Carey Price had an amazing save. Probably It's going to be the save of the playoffs. Yeah, probably save of the playoffs, just like how we did last year. Even though people didn't think so. But. It was pretty fucking sick. But yeah, he had an awesome diving paddle save against Jason Spezza, but Toronto would be able to find a couple other holes in Price and win the game 2-1. So there. Whoa. <laughs> huh? Whoa. Mm. Couple other holes. Couple other holes in Gary Price. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. I, I meant a couple, as in, like, just two goals. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, I didn't make it that way. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, Toronto leads by 2-1 to one in that series. And Maple Leaf captain John Tavares is out. He's been out since the middle of game one, pretty much. So, there's that series. It's pretty good. It's living up to... Yeah, maybe not living up to the hype. It's a, it's a little underwhelming. I mean, not much, just a little underwhelming. But, I mean, Montreal's not a flashy team. Toronto is. But Carey Price is a shutdown goalie, so he's just shutting down Toronto. It's It looks like boring hockey, but it's not. And it's on pace to a six or seven game series, so... I'm liking it so far. How are you guys liking the uh, the original six Canadian matchup? It's so weird watching the North because there's just no fans. I'm just ultimately, if Toronto loses this, I will feel very bad for them. I know Toronto fans say it all the time. They're like, yeah, this is our year. But as a fan outside of Toronto looking in, I like actually think this might be their year to win it. To win a round. Well, I think they could go all the way with the players they have. The only thing that's iffy is their defense, but, I mean, they got probably the best defenseman in the league, Zach Bogosian. Well, if they do manage to escape the first round, they got a tough second round coming up. <laughs> yeah. They got to face the biggest fan in all of sports right now. <laughs> and he takes no prisoners. None. <laughs> He's here for a, a good time and a long time. <laughs> and this man we're talking about is the Bud Light Celtic can. Featured in the Edmonton Oilers versus Winnipeg Jets series. Last time we talked, series hadn't taken place yet, but it's finished now. Winnipeg won for nothing. They swept Connor McDavid and the Oilers. I can't believe it. <laughs> I really cannot. This series literally happened in a week. 
yeah, games three and four were back to back, so that's kind of why it was so quick. But man, the teams didn't want to make it quick. Apparently, the series technically was quick with just four games, but man, it was a long series. <laughs> so. And it's so weird because it's not like Edmonton got absolutely destroyed. Like, three games went to overtime. It's just Winnipeg was the one that grinded out that OT goal. Yeah. Yeah, this is the closest sweep you could get. The only close, of recent memory, the closest sweep I can remember is 2018, L.A. versus Las Vegas. That was a pretty close series. It was a sweep, but it felt close. You know, Jonathan Quick held the Kings in that series. That was the only reason the Kings had any fucking chance. But this series, my God. So game one, Winnipeg won 4-1. to one. And it's like, okay, we've seen something like this before. Last year versus Chicago, Edmonton lost that first game to Chicago, and McDavid kind of woke up. He was pissed off. So I was kind of expecting that from, from him in game two. Game two, nothing happened for the Oilers. Anybody rostered for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. Winnipeg won in overtime one to nothing. So it's a shutout. On kind of a dumb goal. Yeah. Kind he of. was just shooting on that. That was Stasny. But hey, you gotta you gotta shoot in overtime. Shoot you gotta shoot. Yeah. You're you're already in overtime. There's no no goals when score. It's like, okay, do you really know how you're gonna score? No, just fucking shoot it. <laughs> just shoot it. It's gonna go in eventually. Better than a turnover, so just shoot. Yeah, better than a turnover. Thank you, uh, foreshadow. <laughs> <laughs> Game of three. Uh well the Edmonton Oilers were up four to one. <laughs> and there was about eight minutes left in regulation. And then there were five minutes left in regulation, and the game was four to four. <laughs> Winnipeg came back pretty hard. They scored with like eight and a half minutes left in regulation to make it four to two. And it's like, okay, okay, if they get another one, then this, this is a one goal game. So it's interesting. They scored at with like 532 left in regulation. And it's like, okay, okay, five and a half minutes left. They can they can get one more. They could force overtime. It's interesting now. Sixteen seconds later, they tie the game <laughs> on the Josh Morrissey shot. Josh Morrissey. It's like wow, this man tied the game, huh? And the game went to overtime, four to four. And Winnipeg Jets they got one of their big guys back, Nikolai Ehlers, and good thing off the off a face off in overtime, Ehlers just wristed it. Snapped, snapped it, wristed it, right over uh, Mike Smith on the faceoff, and Winnipeg has a three zero series lead. That it's was like, a drawn up faceoff play. Yeah, it was. It was immediately after. I mean, probably only a second or two came off the clock from the faceoff. It was immediate. So yeah, all of a sudden Winnipeg is up three nothing, and the series is like, oh fuck, and you're like, oh shit. Game four is tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, they could get swept. And I didn't, I didn't want to believe Edmonton got would get swept. I was like, okay, realistically, Edmonton forces game five, maybe game six. Unrealistically, Winnipeg sweeps Edmonton. Unrealistically, Edmonton forces game seven. Whether if they win game seven or not, 
that's just unrealistic, right? Game four. Winnipeg was up one nothing pretty early in the game. And then the Oilers tied it with a McDavid goal. So he came to play. And he had he had like three assists in game three. So he's he was getting points. Just the rest of the team wasn't. <laughs> and uh Winnipeg went up two to one. Edmonton tied it two to two. Edmonton went up three to two in the second period, thanks to a goal by Chase on and that was it, folks. That was your final goal by the Edmonton Oilers this season. Third period came to play, and there was a fucking sick goal by Shifley. Blake Wheeler got the puck, toe-dragged around a sliding Edmonton defenseman, passed it to, was it Connor? To Kyle Connor on the slot. He just passed it right over to Shifley. Shifley one-timed it. Wide open. No screen on Smith. Smith was... Like squaring up to the shot, but it was a perfect shot. It was perfect. Top right corner tie game. Three to three. And what do you know? These two teams are like, fuck it. Let's go to overtime. Again for the third consecutive game. And overtime happened. And they're like, fuck this. Let's go to double overtime. <laughs> it was it was mainly Edmonton. Edmonton led the chances I felt like in the first overtime the second overtime it felt like a long time for Edmonton to get a shot second overtime was like Winnipeg just had the puck no shots were really happening in the second overtime but then after the ice scrape after the 10 minute mark where they they paused the game they did the ice scrape Edmonton kind of dominated the rest of the second overtime but they couldn't find the net and this game went to triple overtime and it's like oh my god and when and then winnipeg is like 1 a.m <laughs> it's like god this is a long one game was a late start is in triple overtime and connor oh my god there, there was a there was a play there's a delay of game on edmonton in triple overtime and it was bizarre. I was like, oh my gosh. This could be it. This could be it. Edmonton killed it off. They had a very good start to that penalty kill. I mean, they had a shot almost. Yeah, they had a scoring chance. And uh and toward the end of the power play, Lindenpega really didn't do too much with the power play. They just kind of they they held it. They they passed around, but they didn't really get too many scoring opportunities. They had the crossbar earlier in the third overtime, but I don't I don't remember if that was on the power play or not. But uh, after the power play, Blake Wheeler came in to the left of Mike Smith, and I thought he was going to shoot the puck, but he instead he passed it, and I thought that was a silly play. I thought that was a dumb play. I was like, well, you got to it's over it's triple overtime. Shoot the puck. I was about to text that in our group chat. But then Edmonton started rushing the other way with McDavid. I was like, okay, I got to watch this. And then McDavid turned it over to Neil Pionk, elite defenseman Neil Pionk. And Pionk just chipped it up the boards to Kyle Connor. I'm like, okay, Kyle Connor, probably like a one-on-two or something. And no Edmonton defenseman showed up on my TV. I'm like, okay, it's just Kyle Connor. And, like, I think it was Darnell Nurse rushing back 
on the back check. It was it was a defenseman for the Oilers. I forgot who. They were rushing back. Pretty much like, okay, Connor, you can have your shot, but you're not getting your shot in the middle. And he's like, that's fine. And he beat Smith right below the arm, blocker side. And Winnipeg Jets, they won their longest game in franchise history. Four to three, triple overtime. And they swept the fucking Edmonton Oilers with prime McDavid. This dude had 105 points in 56 games and got swept swept in the first round. <laughs> I, all them points. I I and 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 he turned it over. He turned it over to Neil Pionk. Yeah, and it's like turnover. I was still like reeling from the Blake Wheeler play just before that. I was like, "Oh, that was a dumb play." And then it's like McDavid's rushing. I was like, "Okay, got to watch the got to watch it." And it's like a turnover. It's like Okay, it's like Kyle Connor, like kind of sort of a breakaway, not really. It's like, but it's a clear open chance for him. It's like, and then he scored. I'm like, oh my, oh my God. I'm like, what the, f- oh my fucking God. And, and I'm just, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, where where's the Bud Light Seltzer can? <laughs> he, I saw that replay. He jumped up. He just, oh. Waving his towels. <laughs> I don't know what he. I don't know what it sounds like. Is it? <laughs> gets excited. He gets excited. It sounds like a can opening. <laughs> I love the picture where it's the Bud Light seltzer can looking at the player on the ice. Yeah, yeah. Nikolai Ehlers scored in game three, and he's like celebrating. Like he's like looking up to the empty crowd, but he's looking like directly at the Bud Light seltzer can. <laughs> It's just like he's just he's like mid celebration. Ehlers is, and the seltzer can's just like standing up with his arms up. Just yeah. <laughs> it's like that's it. <laughs> that's the that's all you're gonna get. That's the experience. <laughs> this is I'm loving this Bud Light seltzer can. <laughs> I might have to buy some Bud Light seltzers just to watch the Winnipeg Jets from now on. <laughs> I've never had one of those. But, uh, man, what a marketing <laughs> strategy. Like, you know what? We have no fans. Why not just put, like, one worker, one employee in this mascot? That can, that can do something. Put him in the front row. I know this tarp, but put him in the, the, the most front row you can. <laughs> it's, like, not even – you could have put him at, like, center ice. You could have given him a nice seat, but it's, like, no, no, no. Put him in, like – on like the blue line, like past the bench, is like he's in like such an innocent corner. It's always like every time there's play in that zone, you just see him. It's like, hey, <laughs> he's just hanging out. It's like the only moving object on like that, like up most part of the screen. I watched, I watched the uh, highlights. I I didn't watch Game Three live, but I watched the highlights, and I'm like, something happened. I guess it was positive for the Jets. Just something happened, and I just see. Something from the corner of my eye just move. I guess it was the seltzer can waving his towel, but I didn't notice. I was like, was that a fan? I'm like, well, no. Canadian teams don't have fans yet. So I was like, ah, maybe I'll just, maybe it was like a photographer dressed in like a white, like, suit or something like that. Like how the New Jersey Devils, their ice crew is like all white. So I was like, maybe it's like that. I don't, I don't know. But then I went on Instagram. 
that same night, <laughs> and I'm I'm just seeing these memes. It's like, it's like Canadian hockey fans just non-existent. The Bud Light seltzer cans, yeah, <laughs> it's just celebrating all by himself. That's the main takeaway from the series. <laughs> it's more of a takeaway than Connor McDavid. <laughs> it is. I'm talking more about this Bud Light seltzer can than McDavid. You know the person, whoever's in there, you know, someone brought that idea up to them. They're like, oh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put you, like, we're going to do an advertisement for Bud Light, and we're going to put you in a can outfit, and you're going to go out there and just wave the towel around and, like, you know, act excited for the team and all that. You know that person's like, no, it's fucking stupid. I don't want to do that shit. No, now they, they're a meme. No, they they would do that. Like, okay, I'll watch. Like, why not? What? They're probably getting paid. Well, yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'd sit, I'd sit in a mat. I don't care what suit it is. I, I don't care. It could be the most profane looking thing, but it's like if I'm getting paid to, just to wear this and sit yeah, alone. It's like you're seeing your face, like you're inside the costume. Yeah, yeah. They don't. You're basically don't, like a mascot. Like they don't know who you are. Yeah, they don't. Even, they don't even know. Yeah, your face is hidden. Really, only you and probably your close friends and family, like immediate and family, the know. Who work there. Yeah, and the people who work there, but it's like. No one's gonna leak your name because that in the mascot world, your like identity secret. is like pure secret. I, that's so funny. Like you'll you'll never know. Good luck ever finding out who the mascot is. Well, some people will just tell go, afterwards, just, but yeah, during yeah, oh no. during their ten years, like good luck finding it's out under who that their is. oath. Yeah, it's, it's it's like one of the biggest secrets out there. It's like you'll never know. You'll the person sitting next to you could be the the mascot. You'll just never know. <laughs> you could be the mascot for the college I'm going to. I I don't know that. <laughs> Fuck do I know? <laughs> yeah, waving the towel around. Yeah, I, I'd do that. I wouldn't think that's stupid. I'd be like, yeah, I'll dress up like this, watch a fucking playoff hockey game, wave a towel around. What if it's a different person for every period? No, it no, because he has. I'm like I'm assuming it's a he, but like. He has, like, the same mannerisms. Like, his hands always kind of do the same stuff, and he always... It'd be kind of weird to, like, mimic that for everybody. I, it's the same guy every single game. It's like, yeah, he's, he's round two bound. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> yeah, we, we get him for at least two more games. Thank God. If he's going to be there, I'd assume he would be. Not the hero we wanted, but the hero we deserved. <laughs> and he... That <laughs> was... I love that. <laughs> so, we have three series ended. The Oilers are done, the Capitals are done, and the Blues are done. Uh, Florida can be eliminated pretty soon. The Minnesota Wild can be eliminated, and the Pittsburgh Penguins can be eliminated pretty soon. Carolina and Carolina and uh, Nashville are still tied 2-2, two to two, and Montreal and Toronto is... Toronto leads two to one, so they still have a little bit to go. What do we think about the first round so far? It's good. It's not really disappointed. I mean, normally the first round is the best because there's just so much going on. But I mean, there really hasn't been what I'd consider like a bad series. Like, no, no one's been like completely like blown out. Like, even like the Blues Colorado series. I mean, like, like they've been close games. Just the score hasn't been too close. The other sweep that happened with the Edmonton and Winnipeg, like three of the games went to overtime, so those could have went either way. 
Boston and Washington, that ended quicker than I thought, than I think a lot of people thought. But once again, I guess whoever takes those overtime games seems to like get like the advantage to get their momentum going, and especially when you win a couple of them, it's just kind of depressing to their team of like, oh man, we really haven't won. Like we need that. We literally need one goal to get one game, and it just seems like that doesn't happen. So now, what about you, Dakota? What do you think about it? Oh, the playoffs just—they've been great so far, and I just love all these overtime games because. You'll never see more intense overtime than in NHL playoff hockey. We've had 12 games go to overtime so far. I don't know how many overtime sessions, but we've had 12 games go to overtime so far, so it's pretty good. I like it. All right, well, this has been the 20th episode of the Fanville Hockey Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fanville Podcast. We hope you guys have a good week, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye.